Welcome to this episode of the Outfront Podcast with host Vince Noble, the podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. For sponsorship and advertisement opportunities, please contact info at nobleresolutions.com. And now, your host, Vince Noble. I want to acknowledge each and every one of you stepping into your authentic power today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Outfront Podcast, the show that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become your best. I am your host, Vance Noble. Hey, everyone, I am super excited on today. We have the distinct pleasure of having with us my good friend, Command Sergeant Major, retired Garrett Griffin, Fort Knox, U.S. Army Garrison. Anytime I engage in the topic of mentorship, although I happen to believe it is perhaps the most misunderstood and undervalued concept, I see it as something that I am personally duty-bound to do. Like anything else, like any other relationship, It's developed over time when both parties show up ready to give from a place of mutual trust and respect. I always like to say that if you are delivering any kind of massive value, if you are contributing in any meaningful way to your craft, then you have a responsibility to replicate the blueprint in the form of a mentorship program. Leaders, as I see it, must actively and intimately be engaged in helping, aid, and assisting not only with those that have been identified as the best and brightest, but helping everyone find the right mentoring relationship that works for them based on their own goals, objectives, beliefs, and values. I am most often asked, What exactly is formal mentorship? What makes it effective? How does it occur in various settings? And the truth is, oftentimes, those most in need of mentoring don't understand enough about it. They don't understand how to seek it out. And sometimes it's a matter of proximity or getting beyond environmental restraints and the lack of exposure in a sense. Chances are, if you weren't brought up in a culture of positive mentoring, you'll be less to engage in mentoring positively. You will naturally only put out what have been intentionally placed in you. So listen, as always, before we get started with these extraordinary conversations, I want to say as much as I love having intellectual stimulating they are, they are meant to do far more than peak our intellect. They are meant to drive us into meaningful action. So as you listen, our guests are not solely on this show to promote themselves, their services or products, however, in large part, to provide significant insights and actionable steps to engage you, thereby helping to shift you from one level to the next. So I encourage you to listen and think about 
how you may make a difference. No matter who you are, it is my greatest hope that you find tremendous value in today's episode. Because I truly believe how you navigate through the world and your interactions with systems and institutions are valid forms of knowledge. Good mentors truly make the difference. But the answer is always inside of you. What direction do you go in? Mentors help you to sort of rediscover what you already know. In many cases, the lack of an action plan and accountability is what you need. And I know sometimes accountability can feel like a personal attack. So I sincerely believe no matter who you are, we all often need help crossing the goal line, if you will, and hearing it for ourselves, even when we don't first recognize it. Mentoring is that time-honored practice in which many of us can point to an influential person or maybe several people who have helped shape who many of us are today. These mentors have worked behind the scenes with us, generously sharing their time, expertise, and insights to nurture our potential and to keep us on track and help us grow, oftentimes personally and professionally. To me personally, mentors are wisdom keepers. I say quite frequently how so grateful I am for all of my mentors because they helped me spot out. They helped me spot opportunities I could not see for myself. And so although we tend to think of mentors as a relationship in which an older, more experienced person passes his or her wisdom to some, some younger person, it can take many forms, including peer-to-peer mentoring and reverse mentoring in which a younger person acts as a guide to the older. Garrett Griffin has spent more than three decades of his life training, coaching, and mentoring hundreds, if not thousands, of very special individuals inside and outside the circle of the military influence. He has served on the tactical and operational levels in the United States Army, and he is certainly one that I truly believe possesses the heart of an authentic ecosystem leader, mentor, and coach. And I am certainly proud to know such a leader and welcome him to the show today. In this episode, we'll be discussing the topic of finding my mentor. What are the approaches to finding a good mentor? What questions to ask a potential mentor? How do I know if it's the right fit for me? The benefits of mentoring for, you know, from a personal or professional perspective and staying on target and so much more. We have a lot to unpack in this episode, so let's go.
Garrett, welcome to the show today. Hey, Vincent, how you doing, man? Garrett, man, I feel like, uh, you know, my house is your house. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it feels more like uh, today you're a co-host rather than a guest. And so, again, welcome to the show on the day. Hey, I appreciate you having me. I, I mean, when you reached out to me and asked me to be a part of uh, what you're doing, you know, I couldn't say no. Anytime uh, you have somebody that's, you know, giving back, uh, I always want to be a part of it as well because I think that's what we was put on this earth to do, to give back and to inspire. Absolutely. I believe uh, today's conversation will be will be like rocket fuel, you know, which 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 will propel uh, many people into 2021 and beyond. And so that's right. So, you know, people, people, um, you know, I believe people, when it gets down to it, uh, Garrett, that I believe people just have to take, they have to take action. Um, people have to take massive intentional action every day until they manifest what it is they desire. And so I believe even with 32 days remaining in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic, this year will still be the year that many people will begin to manifest some of the things that they have been trying to manifest for a while now. So again, hey, thank you for, for joining us on today. So Garrett, um, as a good entry, I always like to start by saying for those who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, your early life influences, what was it like growing up, and the work you so passionately still do today. Okay. Hey, th hey, thanks, Vince. Look, like I said again, thank you for having me here. So just a little bit about me. I, I'm at Birmingham. I, actually, I'm a native of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I did 30 years in the military, uh, culminating as the uh, Garrison Command Sergeant Major for uh, Fort Knox, which uh, if I'm equating it to the civilian world, it's, it's like being a city manager. So I was basically responsible for assisting my boss in running a small city. Married, uh, four four grown adults. I, I can't call them kids anymore. Uh, I, I can't. I mean, as a matter of fact, I get in trouble when I do that. So I have to make sure I, I acknowledge that they're adults. Uh, and my biggest influence was my mom and my grandfather. My my mom, uh, she raised two boys by herself. And and I would tell you, you know, for a black woman growing up uh, in in Birmingham, Alabama, it wasn't easy, but she she made it look easy. And my grandfather, uh, I call that's my superhero because uh, my grandfather was the the you know the constant male role model in my life. Uh, never got an opportunity to meet my grandmother. My grandmother died uh, at an early age. She had a brain aneurysm, and so uh, but I had my grandfather, and I still have him today. As a matter of fact, he is one of my largest mentors. I talk to him about two th two three times a week. But I watched this man raise three girls by herself, put all three of them through college. Uh, and, and, you know, if it wasn't for my grandfather, like me being involved in sports and stuff like that, it wouldn't have happened because my mom, when she didn't want me and my brother playing sports and being engaged in the things that I think every child need to be involved in those type of things that teach them how to be good citizens. So, you know, everybody else got Michael Jordan and, and some of these other athletes and stuff, my, my role models, and I even wrote papers about it in college was, was Paul Griffin. And I, any opportunity I get a chance to give a shout out to my grandfather, I do. Mm, that's wonderful. So were you the first in your family to join the military? So, so believe it or not, my grandfather, uh, he did, uh, two years. It's, it's funny. So he, he was in the air force. Uh, he was, he came in during the Korean war. Uh, he was working on the railroad 
and uh, he, they laid him off. And right when he found out he was laid off, uh, my grandmother told him that he was pregnant with my mom. And he went immediately down to see a recruiter and joined the military. And so, <laughs> and so I mean, me and him, that's another one of those conversations. And he's another reason why, again, I did 30 years in the military because he would always be on me about coming back home. And he'd be like, man, you stand there until, you know, the army says it's time for you to go home. But you, it, it ain't nothing back here. You keep on doing what you're doing. I'm proud of you. And so other than that, uh, I, I brought a cousin into the military. He did a, a little stint in the military. But for the most part, I've been the, the constant uh, as far as in my immediate family. Mm-hmm. So, so your grandfather, if you would, if you would say, he, he sort of worse some of the conditions that sort of led you into the military and down the path of that 30 year career, would you say? I, I, I'm going to be honest, Vince. I had no intentions whatsoever because I had a, a uncle married into the family that was in Vietnam. And boy, when, when he heard me, he mentioned military. That was, it was like, you, you're not going, you're not going to, uh, to the military. But mm. to be honest, because of where I come from, I grew up in the projects. Uh, my mom, she worked hard, but she couldn't afford to send us to school. Uh, and my best friend, uh, he, he, you know, he had both parents at home and he was in the ROTC program. And at that time they had this, what they call, uh, like a little battle buddy or, 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 or a cohort thing that y'all both coming, you and a friend coming to the military. And I just knew that if I joined the military, uh, get my little college money, that'll take a little stress off my mom. And so. Long story short, I ended up joining the military, and my friend, the one that was supposed to come with me, he he backed out at the last minute. Uh, and uh, but I, I tell you, I have no regrets. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm, that's wonderful. So, you know, I, I always have to ask, and especially those that have served in, in or currently are serving in leadership positions on any level. Uh, because we have the tendency to forget about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I often ask, you know, h- how are you doing doing this, what I call mental marathon? And that's what it is. How are you doing doing this mental marathon spiritually, you know, emotionally, psychologically? What do you find most challenging today? And more specifically, how are you dealing with it? So, so Vince, I would say that, first of all, hey, I appreciate you asking me that question. I'm doing fine. Uh, this pandemic... And you, you, you talked about it open earlier when you did your opening. For me, the pandemic has, you know, I just transitioned out of the military in August. And the mm-hmm. pandemic has actually given me an opportunity to uh, become a little bit more spiritually in tune with myself. I get a, I get more time to, you know, since we social distance and not being around a lot of people, I get a lot more time to spend with God. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I built a gym in my garage, so I get a chance to work out. Uh, this retirement life is something beautiful because I get to take midday naps to refresh my mind or, or go on a walk. And then I also started uh, my own. Uh, uh, I go live every morning to just try to motivate and inspire people. And and what it's done for me doing this, going live and talking to people, as well as starting a, a, a podcast, it has helped me through this process because it still keeps me connected to people. I still reach out to family members, either through calling or video chatting, as well as friends. So I haven't allowed the the fact that we've been isolated uh, to stop me as well as, you know, we, us being in the military, Hey, you know, we, you know, going into other foreign countries away from family. This is, this is something that the military actually prepared us for in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I can agree with you. So, so Garrett, you know, 
a great deal of my, you know, personal motivations, you know, and the big why I do what I do, I often have to think back, you know, on those people who have influenced my life and helped, you know, sort of shaped conditions around me for better or for worse. And so I believe in many ways, you know, the best way to learn how to be a good mentor to others or to seek out a mentor while even yourself being mentored or mentoring is to first kind of watch and observe sort of what is happening within the ecosystem, as I call it. And so the ecosystem, if you will, and that's often paying strict attention at times beyond your immediate organization at times. So in other words, the ecosystem is not only about, you know, this biological uh, or biological functions of a particular place, you know, it can apply to any overlapping system, if you will. So in other words, it's, it's paying attention to, you know, sort of what's shifting in, in your suppliers and, and customers of your particular business. It's, it's paying attention to your distributors. It's paying attention to, you know, who's in the banking system and education and finance and what's, what's shifting around you. What is shifting in your particular craft, in your particular field of study? And sort of looking and saying, who's at the, who's at the front of that? You know, so what's, what's happening inside and outside of my organization? And, and sort of identifying, you know, potential mentors and attributes and values and beliefs and, and outcomes that sort of trigger your intellect in, in a new way, um, as well as people that have touched you geographically, they kind of t- tried to mentor you in a way, but didn't succeed. So, um, you know, I would say you'll know them by the fruit that they bear. Mm. So, you know, sort of, you know, no disrespect intended, um, but, you know, do you inherently look for the shredded and ripped up guy in the gym to ask questions about, you know, hey, hey, what's your routine? <laughs> or do you, Or do you look for the slightly overweight guy uh, in the corner doing what is clearly improper curls and say, Hey, what is your routine? So again, no disrespect intended, but I think it's a process has to make you feel somewhat uncomfortable at times too, when looking for a mentor. Right. Yeah. So it's the mindset shift that, that is saying, I I need some life changing help. I need some life altering guidance and, and quite possibly literally a matter of life or death. And so am I willing to do anything um, to get to it, to, to take out the trash, to answer the phone, to wash the cars, whatever you need to do to get next to that person that you feel has a, 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 a great chance of mentoring in a way or in an area that you seek. So what is it going to take to get you on the inside track next to that person? You know, all the greats, they seek out lifelong mentors. You know, why, why wouldn't you? And I, I tell individuals that all the time. You know, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Venus and Serena Williams, they all have multiple mentors because they deeply believe in their authentic mentoring relationship. But I believe there's a requirement of humility, uh, and that humility says, I need guidance. And so good mentors show up in the form of hope, as I would often say. 
some will make you nervous and some will some will help you find your purpose quickly. But I believe that, uh, Garrett, a, a lot of people are in a state of rebellion, so they don't often seek help when they need it because they tend to be in this re rebellion against uh, sometime authority figures. So the answer don't always appear uh, in the form that they think it would appear. It don't always appear from just anyone, right? Mm -hmm. So the answer you've been looking for, in other words, it isn't some random person or process or act. Um, you know, you don't pick up random people to mentor you. You know, you don't you don't meet uh, over a plate of hot wings and ask somebody, hey, mentor me, <laughs> right? Nah, nah, <laughs> you know, and, and you certainly don't send out a hundred emails asking to be mentored. So you know, we're really getting at the 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 crux to the question that a lot of times people ask: How do I really find that great mentor? And and I always tell individuals again and again. Your approach has to change and your approach has to be different, right? Mm -hmm. Most mentors love to mentor, but they don't want they don't want their time to be wasted either, right? Exactly. And so I, I know I framed a lot with that question, That's but okay. what would you say to that? So first of all, I mean, I mean to 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 break it down in a nutshell, when you talk about the ecosystem, you know, we hear it all the time in the military, uh, uh, being having situational awareness, being aware of what's going on in your surroundings. What's the next big thing? Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in faith. I believe in uh, a higher being. I believe in God. I mean, and I hope I, I, I don't violate anything on your show, but I do. And I believe mm -hmm. that normally God puts in you what it is that he has put you here on this earth to do. And the thing is, is that you have to start believe you one, you have to believe in yourself. And you you already said something that's 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 very important. Because once you start believing in yourself, because if God already put in you, everything else is gonna come. The right person, uh, your your ability to see who it is that you need to reach out to to become your mentor. Because, you know, in certain organizations, and I know we're probably gonna talk about it later. You know, you got informal and formal uh, mentorship and you have uh, mentorship development programs within organizations. But everybody ain't meant to be your mentor. Everybody is not really? uh, designed. Like you say, you you don't call a uh, you don't call a barber to do open heart surgery. You just don't. I mean, so if you want to be a, a heart surgeon, then you need to be looking out and, 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 and having the foresight to see who's out there, who's the best at what they do. A lot of times why people don't have mentors is because they don't think that the, the person that they would like to mentor them would be willing to do it. Okay. You know, it, 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 I mean, so many times, if you think about back to when people are not in certain relationships because they don't think that they're good enough or think that this person don't find them attractive, the problem is that they never ask that person. Uh, uh, most mentors, uh, I mean, Eric Thomas is one guy I listened to a lot, and he, was, he never thought that he could sit down and have a conversation with Warren Buffett. One of the richest men in the world, but guess what? <laughs> Warren Buffett, he 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 always, like you said, he he wants those type of conversations. He he want to give back. The thing is, is like another thing, he don't want his time wasted. And so, uh, yeah, I I think uh, when you start talking about your, the ecosystem and and paying attention or the situation awareness is very important. I think also a person has to be ready. Everybody ain't ready to be mentored either. Some 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 people still in a state like you was just saying a second ago as far as uh, 
being rebellious and wanting to do it they they own way you know sometimes we have to hit rock bottom before we learn sometimes we got to burn our hand a couple of times before we realize that we can't do it by ourselves we have to put pride aside and then we have to reach out to somebody that's probably been down the road that I'm trying to go down and that they can give me some type of uh you know insight or help me get to where I'm trying to go and that's where you start that's that's where you start your pursuit of your mentor absolutely i mean i i i i believe that uh, if if you're paying attention uh, and, and you're moving in in the direction that you're called to mm-hmm. um it's 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 the it's the saying that says when the, when the student is ready the teacher will appear Amen. You know, Amen. Right? Yeah. so, so, so if you're moving in a direction and sometime, um, a mentor is, is to affirm and sometime confirm what you already know when you're moving mm-hmm. in that direction. Exactly. And, and the only reason why you sought out that person at times is because this person was delivering value in a way that you figure could help, um, advance you and accelerate you. And 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 that that will enable you and that individual to develop a relationship because you figure this person is delivering the kind of value that would would honestly help you. Mm-hmm. And, and the second thing I believe is that you know we are conditioned to hear all the negative chatter that's going on around us. <laughs> so when someone says you can't get access to a particular person, we believe that. And so many years ago, when I was studying for my Series 6 and Series 7 license, long before I even left the military, because I knew I wanted to enter into the financial markets, and I peeped out some very um, strong individuals in the financial market that other individuals were telling me, you'll never be able to get access to these individuals because they're too busy. And so one one thing that I often tell people is never allow other people to tell you who you can't get access to, because in this global digital world is a lot smaller than many of us think so. Right. And so I tell people never allow people to tell you who you can't get access to. And so I was very intentional about who I was going to reach out to, because I believe uh, they could help me cross the goal line. Mm-hmm. Right. But I was willing to do the work. I think that's very important from a mentee perspective, uh, Garrett. I was willing to do the work. What would you say to that? No, that's spot on. I mean, because sometimes people look at the mentor as the person to, as you say, carry them across the finish line, but as well as carry the ward and everything, too. Uh, again, I'm going spiritually. Faith without works is dead. So, it's dead. you know, so you still got to put in work. Just because you got a mentor does not mean that okay, now your problem is solved. It's still it's it's still some work that's going to be required. The, the mentor is, is is there to help you navigate through the process. But the mentor is not there to do the work. The the work is on the mentee. I mean, not to say that the mentor doesn't have work, but the mentee is required to put in that work. And so I, I, I truly Absolutely. agree. I truly agree that it, it requires uh, you doing what was put inside you, going after it, putting your best. You might not be 100%. Well, you got to give your 100%. You got to give as much effort as you can. And then in those areas where you kind of like, you know, snagged a little bit, that's where the mentor comes in. As well Absolutely. as you got to be receptive you know, Absolutely. as a mentee, you have to be receptive. And as a mentor, you you also have to be receptive. And you have to also know that 
everything that you're giving your mentee, they might not hear it. And you can't get upset about it because at the end of the day, what I've also found when mentor and mentee relationships fail is because the mentor is trying to make the mentee be exactly like them. Which means they didn't didn't hear what the mentee came to them for in the first place. And so a good mentor, and and I I know you got questions on down the line, a good mentor, first thing a good mentor has to do is, one, be a good listener and be able to hear what it is that the mentee is trying to get at. Because if you are a good listener and trying to hear what the mentee is getting at, you might find out that, hey, I might not be the right person for this particular person. But you know what? I know somebody I can can get them toward or, uh, you know, ship them to. So uh, yeah, it, it's very important that you got to put the work in. Uh, it, it don't come easy. If it was easy, yeah, you have to do work. <laughs> if it was easy, everybody do it. And right, so, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, so 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 the conversation, the mentee, in my humble opinion, should always say, "Here's what I did." Yep. And then the mentee asks a question, and go do the work. Mm-hmm. He asks a question and go do the work. He asks a question and go do the work. Say it for so, the people in the back that didn't hear it one more time. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> so, 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 what happens now is soon, so soon we have a we have a mentoring relationship mm-hmm. where, where where I was adding value as well by doing the work, right? And a lot of people they don't they don't mentor again because most people won't do the work. They, they I, won't I, do the work. I think, but but good mentors with anything, it's almost like lending somebody twenty dollars, and because they didn't pay you back, you don't lend nobody else. I, I personally feel, I, I I personally feel you, you know, just because one person don't operate or you know provide the feedback and do what you think they should do as a mentee, it's still some that's still that's gonna put in that work that you're looking for. And I think everybody should be afforded that opportunity. Until they prove you wrong, until they show you Absolutely. that hey, you know what, I, this is not the guy, or girl, and maybe we need to move on uh, from each other. But I, I try my best not to to just shut down unless it's just somebody I just don't know. And then I mean, we gotta you know get a conversation going before I you know say hey, yeah, you know what, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to be a mentor and, and help. But but I, I try not to write off nobody. I try to give them that opportunity. To that point, yeah. if you're given the blueprint. Yeah. And then our conversation six months later is still on your current situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but you but but you're given the blueprint. And so I believe, again, it has a great deal to do with why so many individuals that's in the position to be good mentors at times, they're very selective and they give up on the process because, again, most they won't do the work. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want you walking around with a notepad full of notes. <laughs> I want you to take notes and take action. Take notes and take action, right? That's action what all good, men- all good mentors want to see that you're really taking action because chances are it's probably taking me thousands upon thousands of thousands of dollars that I invested to get this knowledge and years upon refining it and perfecting it. And now for you to take it to the next level, not that you need to do it to the letter, but are you willing to do the work in the time in which you're in? Mm -hmm. And so that conversation kind of has to shift and that's how you strengthen the mentee mentor relationship because you're actually doing the work. Mm -hmm. So why do you think, you know, such a generational gap exists um, with acknowledging the real value of a good mentoring relationship. 
the biggest part is, you know, a, a lot a lot of mental, especially in this day and age. And, and, and you know, back in the day, um, and I just, you know, I continue to relate to the military because, as you know, I did 30 years in the military. But as well as just some of us, some of the older or what, what people think that, you know, you're going to do it my way and that's the only way to do it. And and, and mm-hmm. if you if you follow my blueprint, you're going to be absolutely right. Whereas, right. you know. This 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 new or younger generation, they have access to you, but they have access to so much more stuff than we did uh, back in the day. And so as they, they receive an insight from you, they also receive an insight from other areas. At this point, because we I know we're going to talk about reverse mentoring, but the more senior person at this point sometimes is not willing to change in, in, in this environment. And I think as we evolve as mentors, as leaders or whatever word you want, you have to be receptive to change and you have to be able to utilize some of the resources that's out there to help you and if you're talking about helping somebody there's so many resources out there but you got to be willing so i i I give you an example like with social media let's use social media or let's use the cell phone for example it's some mentors out there that just don't believe that uh like what me and you doing right now that we should you know be talking or, or 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 whatever i'm gonna give you what it is that you need to to get and then you go out there and execute See, that's a that's that's a gap because with this generation right now, you know, they tied to their cell phones, they tied to social media, and uh, unfortunately, I mean, if you want to be the mentor that you say you are, you're gonna have to embrace that as well uh, to be able to uh, get through to them. I just feel like as long as you capture them, as long as they getting at it, you know. It's always more than one way to skin a cat, as they always say in Alabama. So uh, it's always more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> you, you just got to be willing to to change. I, I totally, I totally agree with with uh, with that. Um, and, and again, it's it's. I think it's. I think it's in, in a way. It's it's always um, a, a constant scanning of what we talk about in terms of the ecosystem, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's knowing individuals uh, who, who are constantly um, evolving and changing from that perspective, wherever sector you're looking at. And, and so I, I don't think it's really binded to, to, to a particular age, but, yeah. but are you, and again, like I said, you will know them by the fruit that they bear. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, who's at the who's at the front of really what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I think a lot of people oftentimes they, they are surprised when I tell them that, that I have quite a few mentors that are 10 to 15 years younger than me <laughs> and especially in the tech space. Yeah. Right. And, and, and especially in the financial market space and they are really educating me, if you will, schooling me on some things in terms of not only just application based, but but knowledge based, because they grew up in a different time period, and so in many guards, the older person that typically would be looked as the mentor, that there's some catch up in certain domains. If you want to stay relevant, if you will, yeah. What would you say to that? I I, I totally agree. I mean, Vince, I <laughs> I see my little seven year old cousin <laughs> that can maneuver through the computer. And maneuver uh, through her tablet much better mm-hmm. than I can, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, again, you know, we was we was learning how to write cursive on big, you know, paper with big pencils and stuff. And they don't even write; they don't even know how to write. Everything is done on the computer. And so you you'll be fooling yourself if you think 
that you can't learn something from some, from the younger generation. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. and, and again, going back to the military and me and you both being former ordnance soldiers, how many times did you go to another organization and the equipment that you've been working on for years is not in that organization? And and when you get there, the only person that know how to operate that equipment, the subject matter expert on that equipment is probably that young soldier that that, that probably only got about a year or two in the army. You you know, and, and you've been in for 20 plus years. And the only way you really going to learn is humbling yourself and being able to ask those questions. I used to grab my my soldiers all the time, especially when I got the new organizations. You know, and I'm like, hey, man, I look, I ain't never done this before. And I'm not afraid to, to acknowledge it that I haven't. Uh, could you show me? Uh, and, and here's the thing about that. When you do that, you establish trust. You establish, I mean, the pride and the morale in that organization, it just changes because, I mean, he, being that he's been in for long and he's been doing this for all this time, he he thought enough of me as a younger person to ask me how to do something. Man, that, that, that's empowering. That. Man, you just, you don't know what you just did. And also what you just taught that younger person is, is that when they get to where you at, they got to be able to do the exact same thing. They got to be able to listen to uh, that next generation if they want to continue to progress and and, and continue uh, continue to grow. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Do you you think that uh, a graduation date per se or expiration date to a mentoring relationship? Nah, I don't think so. I, I think that some, I think some relationships might, you know, come to an end because, you know, uh, like a, what was that movie? Kung, I mean, that show Kung Fu back in the day, Grasshopper, Grasshopper was able to get the pebble and, and mm-hmm. you move forward or whatever. But I think everybody that didn't ever mentor me, uh, we might not talk on a daily basis, but if I, if I need to, uh, I can reach out to them as well as those that I have mentored. They know that they can reach back. I, I, I think that the mentor and the mentee is always in a constant growth status throughout mm-hmm. their whole life. And, mm-hmm. and I- even the mentor need mentors. <laughs> some of us forget that too. You know, some of us think that once we get to a, we, we achieve a certain title or a certain position that we no longer, we have evolved and we no longer need, uh, assistance. We don't, we no longer need to grow. And what we find out, those that do that, or those that have that thought process, they become what we call dinosaurs and they become moved out because they, they are uh, irrelevant. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think as you grow, you'll find out that, Hey, the person that's been mentoring me, they got me to a certain point. Well, well I, I, to that point, I mean, not, not per se, yeah, in, in in a physical sense, what I mean, graduation date. Yeah, um, but I mean, if 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 you're being very specific in terms of, you know, what the measurables and the outcomes of what that particular mentoring relationship would have been, okay. and certainly depending on what it is, because again, think about it, in, in the sense that we could have multiple mentors in a sense, depending on what area of our life, personally or professionally or some area that we've been mentored in, and and they may not all be enduring to a degree. So to your point, I think you're also correct, but but at the same time, um, we should be aware of that there will be situations where uh, this this mentoring relationship, although enduring to a degree, in other words, um, that when you recognize, 
you you kind of outgrow and then specifically what what was the aim what is the the objectives of what this relationship this mentoring relationship was to bring about yeah particularly because um uh, if, if you think about it that successful mentoring relationship they all go through stages as you said mm-hmm. right and, and some of those stages are they they are repeated if you will and so after you get to a closure on a certain area, it doesn't mean that 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 you know you're stopped being mentored by this individual. It could mean less less engagement to a degree, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. So I have to I have to ask you know, you know I get asked a lot, Griff, is that uh, from from organizational leaders, Vince, mentorship and and, and talent management is essential, uh, and particularly and and this is an area that people get kind of uncomfortable. Uh, because they sense that it's it's paying favoritism to a degree. But I get asked a lot, you know, from organizational leaders, Vince, mentorship and talent management is essential, and, and particularly so for minorities. If we want the best to rise to senior levels outside the organization, inside organizations, if we want them to do well, minorities need to be mentored. How would you speak to that? I, I, again, um... I think that is is very important. I think that uh, as much as some people might might not agree, it's certain things that if somebody didn't grab me and you know have a formal program within the organization, I would have never even known to ask those particular questions. I would have probably never been identified as one of the guys or girls that 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 should be selected for this particular job or selected for that particular job because it was no formal documentation there was no it was nothing to show where i was at so i think i i'm a true believer in in, in a, a a mentor or a leadership development program where you you teach people because some people argue that leaders are born some people argue that they are taught i think it's a little bit of both i think some people have leadership traits uh, from birth, but I still think by having a developmental program, you enhance those skills as well as you are you able to identify talent through that process. And mm-hmm. the the organizations that I've seen uh, that have those type of programs in place seem to be the most successful uh, program, I mean, or, the most successful organizations uh, because they establish trust within the organization because you have dedicated time for my growth. You have set aside a program to help me further my progress. It, 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 uh, it, it builds retention within the organization. I don't, I don't see too many people trying to get out of an organization where people help them grow within that organization. Normally you have conversations with people that want to leave an organization because they feel like they have no upward mobility. Nobody talks to them. Nobody feels or make them feel like they're a part of the team. So establishing a a good mentorship or development or talent management program, I think is is essential to an organization at all levels. Absolutely. I believe that as well. So, you know, you spent a great deal um, of your time in learning institutions Mm -hmm. um, overall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you see the role of institutions in shaping effective mentorship programs? I think I think uh, institutional wise, you establish a baseline. 
because here, here it is, and I, I learned that as being a former first sergeant uh, at the NCO Academy, which the non—I'm non, using acronyms—but the non-commissioned mm-hmm. officer uh, course, as well as being a former battalion command sergeant major in the AIT realm, is that you establish a baseline. And if for some of the people that would come to uh, to the schools. This is the first time they ever even heard the word mentorship program, let alone learn the word mentor. And so Absolutely. now they sit, they seeing my my instructors teach, coach, and mentor them, sitting them down, counseling them, telling them where they're effective at, telling them what they need to work on. Well, guess what? By them receiving it there, they take it back to the organizations, and then they improve their particular organizations. I have always been a firm believer that institutions establish a baseline. You, you can't put it all on the institution because the institution can't do everything. It still requires some, you know, when you get back to the organizations or whatever, but the institutions help to establish a baseline. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. So if you were speaking to uh, a, a group of, uh, of senior corporate leaders, what would be your advice to them or more so how would you help codify that uh, into a civilian organizational structure, if you will. It's important within an organization. Organizations need to have leader development ship programs because it, it, it encourages professional and, and personal growth. It increases morale within an organization. People get to learn and meet other people within the organization that they never met before. It allows for reverse mentorship. And I think we talked about that earlier where they can learn the young can learn from the older and the older or the more senior people can learn from the younger people within the organization. It reduces costs. By having a, a formal program within your organization, you don't have to send people out to school. Uh, you, you know, you, you can establish uh, resources and stuff within your footprint that can uh, help uh, for people to grow. Uh, as well, retention. I, 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 I'm telling you, I don't know how many people within the garrison that could have actually went off and got higher paying jobs and went other places, but because we had an established leader development slash mentorship program, they didn't want to leave because they didn't worked in other places before and never received what we was giving them. I think what you just, you just highlighted something that, that is very significant to, to what you just brought out um, is the fact that um it's it's a direct impact on retention and the bottom line of the organization. Mm-hmm. And so that's enough to pay attention to, <laughs> so, you know, absolutely. So, so if you could wave this magic wand, what steps would you take to eliminate the lack of mentorship, um, diversity and inclusion in the workplace? If I was king for a day, I, I mean, I would just have to stress the importance I would have to, you know, outline what I just told people, the importance of the organization. We just talked about the retention piece and and the bottom line. If you can get more people to understand how it helps to improve the organization more so than hurting the organization, I just think that you wouldn't have to worry about the inclusion or or, 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 uh, ensuring that you have a program because everybody want to do it. Once you get that buy-in and everybody is a part of it, you know, people be looking for it. They be wanting to have uh, those conversations. They'll be wanting to get sit down and have mentors. I mean, people were looking for the next book that we had to read within the organization. It just made them better. I can't stress enough how important uh, having the program or having some form of, of mentorship program within the organization is. Absolutely. Uh, 
And I think, I think to that point as well is that, um, you know, uh, the mentors and the leaders make it work, but, but as well as I always go back to the mentee as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, again, it's, it, it's a relationship that I see, um, it is, is developed over time and, and it is strengthened by both individuals in that relationship. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I'm just huge on, on, you know, the, 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 the mentee, um, don't, don't show up. Um, and he, he just don't be a taker. Right. So he's just looking to, to extract from this program, you and your organization, all you have is complaints about the lack of, or whether or not it's, it's happening or you dissatisfied or you seeking out mentors in your organization. Uh, but, but you show up with a taker's mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And so I always, I always tell men, men, mentees as well, always add value, right? And, 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 and that's by asking your mentor for help as well. And I know that's counter, counterintuitive in a way by a mentee saying to their mentor, how can I help you? How, how can I add value to you to strengthen this relationship? Right. Because, you know, I, I get multitudes of, 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 of requests from people asking for help every day. And most of the time um, they want me to do them. You know, they want some information. Uh, they want information for re- for free. Um, they want me to give them advice or to do them a favor. Um, and although I truly enjoy helping people, I've had some 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 great mentors again that have helped me to get over the hump in my career, and I'm and I'm glad to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Right. However, you know, with so many requests at that time, and just like many other individuals in in a position to be mentors to others. It's because individuals don't understand is really what I want to extract from this uh, podcast as well. You don't really understand the true mentoring relationship and most mentors. And I think you can speak to this as well. Most mentors are after the relationship. What would you say to that? No, I, I think it's, I think if I'm getting ready to pour into myself, one of the things I really need to know is that it, it, it's going to be a relationship. And it's not just a one way, uh, a whole bunch of giving and nothing in return. Because I expect, mm-hmm. I mean, I respect the return on investment. I mean, who doesn't? Absolutely. I mean, it's just Absolutely. like you, you invest in your money. Not to say that I'm investing my money, but if I'm investing my time and, 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 in my uh, experience in somebody, I'm respecting a return on investment. And so a lot of times I don't think people uh, uh, think about that when they, uh, when they start looking for a mentor. And I have four things that I always think about when I tell a person, hey, when you're looking for a mentor, it's four things that I think that you should look for. And one, first of all, you need to realize whether or not you and your mentor are compatible. And when Absolutely. I say combat, when I say compatible, you know, it, it, it's going to be some clues in that. That's you're going to see, that uh, that hey this this guy or girl might not work for me and that's that's on the mentor on the mentee and I'm not saying that you're supposed to agree with everything they say or whatever but you're gonna see that they might have some things that you just completely goes against everything that you believe in and so you might need to move on but on the flip side of it it has to be some contrast too it has to be some it's got to be some differences it's is the reason why you want this person to mentor you is because you see something in them that you say that you don't have in yourself you ain't looking for somebody that looks just like you 
that's doing the exact thing that you're doing right now. If that's the case, you can do that for yourself. Absolutely. You know, you know that, that's one of the reasons for, for seeking out a mentor, to have somebody that's different, that can, that, that can bring something to the table that you never thought about before. Uh, expertise, expertise does not always mean title. It does not always mean that you senior or whatever, but this person has been down the road and I'm trying to go to. That's another thing that I look at when I when I see a mentor, uh, that they can provide some insight to me. And then the other piece is trust, because trust is very important, because this is going to be some conversations that you and you, as a mentor and ment- or a mentee going to have that's going to, you know, it's got to be a circle of trust there, because if not, all it's going to take is for you to hear something that y'all done talked about come from somebody else's mouth that was supposed to be personal, that was supposed to be just between y'all. And, you know, I, I, you know, somebody come back and say, well, you know, such and such and told me, and you, you know, when somebody had a conversation about something that was supposed to be personal between y'all that they didn't told somebody else because only one person could have had it. And so when that circle of trust is broken, it, it's real hard. So, and, and I learned that a long time ago, compatibility, contrast, Expertise and trust is what I think you really need to look in and when you start trying to identify who your mentor or mentee should be. Because the, men- the mentor should also look for those same qualities in the mentee. I, I agree. Uh, be- because as a mentor, you're going to be somewhat, tra- I-, I would hope that you're somewhat transparent with, with, with your <laughs> mentee when your mentee right. feel like they're the only one going through what they're going through. And you can right. let them know, hey, I've been there. And let, me tell, you, <laughs> let me tell you how, how bad I was in it. When I became aware of the dip theory, I was able to connect with people at a greater level mm-hmm. because we are conditioned, especially as leaders, we want to celebrate the high points of our lives. And more times than not, we're celebrating the high points of our life. And that's all we want to reveal. Mm-hmm. But we in this mentoring relationship, the value is you get a glimpse at the real me, you get you get a glimpse of me when I was sleeping in a one bedroom apartment on a raggedy sofa. Exactly. You 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 get that. You 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 get you get the idea uh, a little bit better when I share with you on managing finances and how I learned some things the the hard way when I didn't even have enough money in my bank account to buy a small Domino's pizza at one time. <laughs> so so. So, so those dips in our lives, and we all will hit those dips in our lives along the way. That's called the growth, right? Because there will be spiritual dips, financial dips, psychological dips, emotional dips, but we don't stay there. Mm-hmm. And, and when we come up out of those dips, we're able to celebrate even the more and, and share that. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I agree with it. I agree with you because what it is when you go through that stuff and you come through it, it helps you appreciate it more. The problem is and a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times people when given certain things and they never had to go through something, they don't appreciate it. I think, man, you had this conversation the other day uh, when I was talking about, you know, paying for all my kids cell phone. Well, like mm-hmm. I told you in the beginning of this podcast, they all adults now, so I don't pay for cell phones. And Absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing how, you know, they phones stay intact now and uh, they, they appreciate it more because, you know, they understand that when they break it now, they, they got to pay for it and, and, it, and it ain't going to come easy. So uh, I think when we, when you go through the, the test in life, the struggles in life, it make you stronger and make you appreciate it, but it also make you 
I call it uh, the expert and you can test be a testament to that person that you mentoring. A lot of times people look at other people and they only as they say, see the trailer, like a trailer in a movie mm-hmm. that, you know, the trailer in the movie only give you the high points in the movie, but it don't give you the whole movie. Sometimes you, you say, man, that's a good movie. I'm going to go watch it. And when you go watch the whole movie, you be like, man, I cannot believe that's two hours of my life. I can't get back. A lot of times that's how it is when we we look at people. But a relationship between a mentor and a mentee is more than just a trailer. And that's again, that's where that trust comes into play, like I was talking about. Hmm. You know, and, and again, I d I don't I don't illustrate this to be braggadocious by no means, <laughs> but I had a young man, I pulled up at a at a at a at a red light one time and a young man looked over he looked over close enough on the bus stop and he was riding the bus and he's he he looked over close enough and said, you know, I, I want to, man, I want to be like you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and so I, I shouted back out through the window, but, but are you willing to go through what I went through to get to where I'm at? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? You don't and, know and my so story. <laughs> you, 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 you don't know my story. Um, and, and, and again, that, that individual, I later uh, exchanged some information with him and, and um, you know, we, we were connected for many years, but, you know, one of the things I would I would say is that, especially when it comes to um, the military and transitioning um, leaders from the from the military, is because the, most will be entering to spaces that that they are not used to, and there will there will be a requirement for a different set of mentors more than not. Mm-hmm. And, and and so, uh, but but you have to be aware of the fact that again, you don't approach the situation um, without adding value, as I stated before, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's very critical for uh, transitioning military uh, uh, personnel on both sides, officers and and non-commissioned officers and soldiers alike. Yeah, it's because more than not. Uh, um, individuals will be prepared to have a conversation with you that you're not used to having, mm-hmm. right? B- because they're going to tell you that they're choosy about how and who they respond to. They they won't have a hard time telling you that. Not in a corporate setting. No, you, you I, have to be prepared for that. I think. I mean, honestly, in, in this last job I had, really showed me just how entitled we have made a lot of our people in the military and we don't prepare them for that transition uh because of so many programs that we have established in the military to try to you know help people grow and then when they get outside of the military those they look for those programs and they just not there they're and not there of, <laughs> they might be the one that have to establish an organization that they go into uh and 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 in, in, in some cases, that's a blessing because you you have the the wherewithal and the knowledge to be able to do it. Uh, as I was transitioning out of the military, I, I mean, I, I really went, you know, I went to Soldier for Life and all the other stuff, but I also reached out to a lot of people that had already took that route and asked them what was the pitfalls as they were transitioning, what I need to focus on. Because if I didn't, I would set myself up for failure. By asking somebody that's still in the military what I need to do as I'm transitioning, I, I ain't saying that they don't know, but they ain't been down that road yet. They still, what they think they know might not be the case. And so 
I made sure to guys like you that already transitioned and others, uh, as I was walking out of the door, I, I, I reached out. And and uh, and I'm still going through the process right now, and I continue to still talk to those people. And I think it's very important that you establish uh, relationships uh, with people, not just in the military, but outside the military, uh, so that you can, uh, you know, be better prepared. Because at Absolutely. one point, at one point, somebody else is going to be walking out of the military, and they're going to be looking to you. They they look to you to be a mentor when they was in the military. Now they're looking for you to be a mentor as they transitioning out. And if you, you know, and I just think, you know, you need to be prepared for that. Absolutely. And, and again, I have to, I have to sort of be clear and I'm willing to have that conversation mm-hmm. uh, is that I, I am looking to have a relationship. And so I have to be choosy. And when I speak of I, in this sense, I speak for many of, depending on how you want to navigate, particularly to when I say individuals leaving the military and going into a corporate setting, wherever they're going to, is that uh, most individuals will be very choosy about how they and who they respond to, right? And so there's a particular type of person that I rule out right away. Mm -hmm. And strangely, strangely, it's the most common of all. And that's the person who contacted me out of the blue asking me for some random help. Yeah. Right. You know, these are random people that I've never, you know, interacted with before online or in person. Mm -hmm. And the person, you know, right away, that person um, will reach out and, um, you know, send you out a thousand links to check out their website or some sort, some business they want to get going (laughs) in. And you don't don't even know this person. Yeah. Get them every day. The people that, that I make time for any time, is is and that person is the one who have shown me um, a vested interest in getting to know me. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is it important? Because again, as you stated, I, I want to ensure that he understand if this is what you're looking for in terms of a mentor mentor relationship. I, I want to ensure that you know we meet each other expectations up front. If this is a good fit for the both of us, mm-hmm. and so sometimes. That, that doesn't come out right away. The, the relationship will erode for a period of time before it discover that, you know, that this individual uh, feels as though you're, even from a mentee perspective, you're adding no value to the relationship, right? And so, you know, someone that, that seeks to be mentored, again, they don't ask to uh, and send a thousand links to check out you know, their initial communication and you don't even know who this person is. <laughs> since I, uh, yes, yeah, especially since I started going live and, and, and basically, you know, accepting uh, friendship requests from everybody and anybody. And the minute I look at my messenger in my box and I'm seeing, you know, Hey, check out my, uh, Check out my my new this and check out my new that. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> exactly. always a, yeah. that's a turnoff right. because I really I really don't know you. I, I you know I I, I uh, appreciate the fact that you listen to me or whatever. But now that you now that I think about it, you probably weren't looking or listening to me in the first place. You was just trying to get me to help uh, support your stuff. And so you're right. You got to be very selective in what you do. You got to be you got to be very selective. It's it's after the relationship that you're seeking, um, and so. Do, do they show signs of being in, interested in a two-way relationship with you? Mm-hmm. 
and one not just about me taking, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, so I tell it, I say that I'm always smart about the relationships that I enter into. And by being smart, that's being specific. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't pick up random people when you're smart, right? You're very specific. What are the goals of this relationship? Mm-hmm. Is, is this something that is measurable? What are we trying to get out of this? How will it be measured? How will we measure progress? Is it attainable? Are the goals achievable? Is it realistic? And, and is it timely? So what are we trying to get out of this, right? I think it's something that as y'all sit down, all that stuff needs to be established too. Absolutely. Up front. I mean, like you said, with the goals, with the what are the measurables? How do how do we know the goals that we just set forth uh for this this relationship? How do we measure them? And all that stuff need to be established. Is it, hey, you did this within a uh, particular period? Uh, you 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 didn't, you didn't sign up for this course. You didn't provide this feedback at this particular certain. And, and is it like you said, is it attainable? Is, is it something that you really can get at? So, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's that. That's that one of them, them acronyms that we have. You know how we help each other out. Uh, and I think that's very important, there, Vince. That there there are checkpoints to success. Mm-hmm. Right. And so but by, by by utilizing those checkpoints to success, you, you won't have anyone dissatisfied uh, or in the relationship 12, 18 months from now. And then determine that there was something involved in a mentor mentor relationship that they didn't feel like they um, made good on in any kind of way. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like they did one like the time wasn't wasted. Uh, they just spent all this time and effort, and then also, like you said, that 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 we making the we we hitting the mark. And if you said it earlier too, that if we not hitting the mark, that we able to go back and make some adjustments. We we uh, we able to go back and say that yeah. where where did this thing first start to go off the train at? Yeah, where did we first start? We go wrong at? Mm-hmm, exactly. So in other words, nothing makes a mental feel unappreciated faster than then especially not following up, right? <laughs> that That's the other thing to go along yeah, with that. It, it because is. Because in the relationship, we established some follow-up to some things that you're clearly doing. I may be working for you. You may say, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'll get back with you, mm-hmm. right? No, I just want you to have the same energy that you had when you first reached out to me to be your mentor. Absolutely. I don't want, I don't want the minute that I didn't gave you a few things that that you was looking for and then you just fall off because that that is that is disappointing that is very disappointing not to say that i need you to praise me and give me accolades and nothing like that but i just need to know that you're doing okay and and and, and with a mentor sometimes it requires a mentor reaching out too if they haven't uh received any feedback or anything from their mentee now exactly if i done reached out to you a couple of times and, and i keep on just getting voicemails and stuff like that now nah, yeah we got a problem <laughs> we got a problem i mean i mean it's just what you just said we got a problem because I, I am amazed at how many people don't follow up right and so and so if if i give you and these are clear cases where if I provide some information, I give you something and you say, okay, thank you, Roger. I'll get back with you and let you know how things going. If it's working for me. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, I don't hear from you again. Mm. A- and then you tell me, well, I was going through a little bit of something and, um, you know, I, I, I didn't get a chance to, to work it. 
See that, that nothing more dissatisfying to a mentor than 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 those relationships. And that's the reason why oftentimes mentors are very selective about who they give their time to. I agree. And are you showing any signs that you are really invested in this relationship? And so a, a lot of people transitioning from the military, there, there are some things I, I spent six, seven, eight thousand dollars to be a part of mastermind groups because I figured there was some valued information that was going to change the course of my life. And it did. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not telling you, you oftentimes have to be prepared to invest and pay into mastermind groups. It should be all free information. But I would, the reality of it is that there's information out there. Um, that, that is, that is, that is sold in the form of, uh, mastermind groups or mentoring groups. No, I, I agree. I just, I don't see nothing wrong with it, to be honest. I mean, as, as, as much as stuff it, uh, is out there that is free, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Uh, personally, if, if you, if you say you want to grow, I mean, you, if you say you want to grow, if you say you want to grow. You got to get around as, as, and some people got offended when I say that you can't be the smartest person in your circle. I mean, you 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 can't because then you're not challenged, and sometimes it requires you to go into some of those mastermind groups and and stuff like that, and be around some people that's uh, you know that's gonna make you feel uncomfortable. Because I, I'm I'm a firm believer, you know, you you continue to do the uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable, and once it becomes comfortable, now you got to go find something else that make you uncomfortable, because that's the only way you're gonna get better, you know. Uh, I think Les Brown said, you know, it's not the fact that people reach or they set their goals too high, and they miss. The problem is they set their goals too low and they hit and they just stay right there. And I think in order for you to improve, to get better, you got to get around some people that's thinking that next level stuff like you're talking about. And sometimes it, requ- sometimes it requires an investment. An investment. It's going to be an investment. There are certain platforms uh, that you just don't get access. You call to me and you want to get my password, my username <laughs> to get access <laughs> to get access to the platform. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, it, it doesn't work. And so a yeah. lot of times, you know, especially our military population of folks, you have to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to do? Because I think there's some great Americans as they, as they prepare to transition. And much about um, this platform is about providing information, inspiration to transitioning individuals um, to, to, to inspire them uh, to become their best. Um, and so I think um, at, at the root of that, what undergirds all of that as you transition um, from one sphere to the next, you're going to have to have the right people mentoring you. Um, you're going to have to get access to the right timely information. And um, I believe information changes situations. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, t- timely information changes situations. And then if you be prepared with the right mindset, to act on that which you know. Otherwise, it's just potential. But but you're prepared to deliver value as well. Hey, for, for those leaders just starting out on their mentoring journey, um, what, what initial actions would you recommend that they focus on to get connected um, with or, or to have the greatest impact on their organization or their community? One, I would tell them, learn situational awareness. We talked about it earlier. Find out what it is that the organization needs. Find out what the community needs. 
two, you know, educate yourself. Education, knowledge you just talked about is always important. There's so many resources out there to, to help you improve your organization, but you got to be willing to go out there and get it. You got to be willing to go out there and get it. Remain humble uh, and don't allow pride to be the thing that holds you back. Pride is a dangerous thing, and I've seen it affect so many, especially young uh, emerging leaders, because they're afraid to let people know what they don't know. They think people are going to look at them different because they don't know certain things. And I would tell you, I've always respected the person that came to me and said, hey, I, I just don't know this, but I want to know. I want to learn. And, and and I'm willing to learn. And so, and, 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 and just be a lifelong learner, you know, just know Absolutely. that you'll never learn. You'll never know everything. And I think as they, as they starting off and, 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 and allow life and the experiences to teach them, uh, they'll be okay. They'll be successful. Uh, Absolutely. That'll be the, the best advice I can give. Absolutely. So, Hey Garrett, we're, we're in that segment of the show that we call hot seat. Okay. Uh, and, th- and that's by asking our guests a few, what I call inquiring minds want to know questions. Okay. Uh, and the first question will be, and you know, what is the book or leader development books you're given the most as gifts and why? Okay. The, the very first book that I have given out the most more than anything else is this book called who moved my cheese by Spencer Johnson. Uh, it's, uh, and, and the very first time I received the book, I was a drill sign leader at the United States Army Drill Sign School. And I was like, what in the world is this book? Who, what, what are we talking about? Cheese. I, I don't want to talk about no cheese. You know, I'm lactose intolerant. I don't want to talk about it. But that book has proven to be one of my best assets throughout my whole military career. I have read that book in every organization. I have uh, conducted LPDs with military as well as civilian personnel with this book because the book is about change. It's about mm-hmm. accepting change. It's about embracing change. It's about what happens when you stay uh, in the, uh, the same and what happens when you when you step out and try to do different things. So that book is one of my most powerful books. Another book, uh, one Minute Manager, which I, I feel uh, Spencer Johnson was a, a writer on that one, but also Ken Blanchard. Another book, especially if you're talking about being a mentor and being an effective leader, is this One Minute Management. And they got several different versions of the book, but the one that I didn't gave out the most was the original, and that's the One Minute Manager. And it talks about sitting down and establishing goals, just like we had talked about between the mentor and the mentee. It talks about how you acknowledge people when they do something good, as well as how you you deal with stuff when people uh, don't do something quite right. It, it teaches you how to address the problem and not not uh, attack a person's character or the person themselves, and how effective it is by uh, 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 approaching it in the fact of hey. You're you a good guy, girl, but this right here, what you did wrong, and this is what we need to get at it. And then on top of it, we don't spend 12 hours uh, beating you up about it. Man, I mean, bitch, you know about the standing up. I remember one time my cell phone went off in a meeting, and I ended up having to go see the sergeant major, and I stood at parade, parade rest. And for, for my civilian-minded people out there that has nothing to do with me, it's with standing like with your hands behind your back in a certain position, for over two and a half hours. Oh, I walked wow. out of that. I, only, I mean, I couldn't even hear what the person was saying to me because my shoulder was in so much pain that I completely forgot all the, uh, the other stuff. So that book is powerful. Uh, and then I have 
uh, one, two other guys that I really would tell people to look up. Simon Sinek. I mean, you any book you get from Simon Sinek, I think you can't go wrong. But two of the books that I didn't gave out to some of my leaders, one is Leaders Eat Last, and uh, in, in which that book concept came from the military. Him sitting down and talking to some Marines, and uh, start with the why. I think it's very important uh, that people understand why they do what they do. Because when you as a leader teach people how to, to understand the why, why they do it, they, they are more, uh, they're more willing to go out there and execute. A lot of times people do stuff just because everybody said that, well, that's the way we always done it. And you always get that, that, uh, that pushback from people because hey, I, just because that's the, all, the way we always done it, that don't mean I want to do it that way. Uh, but when you explain people why they're doing certain things and they understand, not only are they more willing to do it, but you just taught them that they need to make sure that they do that with they, they subordinates and, and, and their peers and people too, explaining the why. And then the last book, and I just don't think you can't go, I just know you can't go wrong, anything with John C. Maxwell, and that's mm-hmm. the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Absolutely. I think every leader need to sit down. That book alone can create a leadership development program or a mentorship program within your organization. Mm. Th- those are all excellent books um, that I possess as well in my library. You know, one of the things I often say is that um, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And, um, you know, that, that, that may, that may, that may sound like a play on words for most, but, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Um, Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And so I've always been a bit uncomfortable, even to this very day, when someone referred to me as a leader, mm-hmm. I, I've always had, there's a, there's a bit of uncomfortableness that I, that I feel when someone refers to me as a leader, because I believe at least in my own mind, on whatever level that I'm on, am I measuring up to that? Right. Because in most instances I get phone calls all the time. Hey, uh, I'm in a, I, I'm a leader now. Mm-hmm. And I go, Oh, Really? Um, because just because you're in a leadership position doesn't mean you're a leader. It's what, leadership is what you do. Mm-hmm. And so by being a leader, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. I've always made it my business, even outside of those circles, uh, what, when it wasn't forced upon me to constantly be um, an avid reader um, on both the art and science of leadership. And you gave oh, yeah. some phenomenal books there. You gave some phenomenal books. Um, so my next question would be, um, how has a failure or apparent failure uh, set you up for later success? Absolutely. And you know, oftentimes le- leaders are not that transparent. Yeah. Right. But, but I believe the greatest value, even as a leader is in your transparency. And so I say, I would say that to say, there's some, there's some favorite, I call my favorite failures mm-hmm. because some of my favorite failures and how I overcame, mm-hmm. they turned out to be my greatest successes. I have yeah. to always talk about them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I had so many of them, but I, I would tell you one. And, and uh, again, it's, it's, it's military related because that's what I, but I, and, and we both got a friend, uh, by the name of Sutan A. Muhammad. And I've been knowing him mm-hmm. for a long time. I've been getting my head bust by him for a long time, but I would tell you, he, one of my, my mentors, but I would never, ever forget this because this thing almost led to be an international situation and truly was. 
So not to, you know, you know, talk strictly military or tell what we did, but, you know, I was a first sergeant in a quartermaster company and we was downrange in Iraq. And, you know, I had a fuel point and we would have these foreigners bring uh, fuel uh, and dump the fuel out at, at my fuel farms. Well, one of the TTPs that my guys had that I wasn't aware of is that when they, when they, when they, the foreigners didn't act right, they would take their passports <laughs> and that would it, it make them act right. And, and so that they wouldn't do certain things because they weren't supposed to be smoking around the fuel tanks and stuff like that. Well, long story short, let's just say that a, a passport came up missing hmm. and, uh, and, it happened during a shift change and nobody knew where the passport was. And now I got to go see uh, Sultan A. Muhammad. And uh, I'll never forget the words that came out of his mouth. He said we were systematically dysfunctional <laughs> and we get ready to start an international incident. Hmm. From that point on, I realized that no matter how much I trust my people and what I think, I still need to be I still need to be checking our systems. I need to still I, I still need to understand what's going on within the organization and what don't get checked don't get done. And so it, I mean uh it, 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 it from that sit down and having that conversation with him that day, I learned that hey, you know what? I got to be just a little bit more involved than what I've been doing. I didn't got complacent and I don't allow some things to happen that I shouldn't. And 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 that's a, that's the other thing that I've learned with my failures, especially as a leader. You know, a lot of leaders like to to capitalize when they soldiers su succeed at something, but when they soldiers mess up or whatever, then they just want to put the blame on the soldiers and they don't take credit for the failures either. So one of the things that I have learned is with that, with my so my soldiers, they don't fail. I fail them as a leader. It's something that I did that I didn't put in place, and so that type of thing has stayed with me. And that was one of the ones that I can sit back now and laugh at it. Uh, it, it was painful at that time, man. I, I'm just, I'm like, man. I was like, man. We might as well cancel Christmas right now because this is about to be ugly. Uh, but, but we got through it. He showed me that as as, as much as it, <laughs> you know, a lot of people w was intimidated by him, but he also showed me some humbleness in this process as well. And he showed me how to respond and react in this situation. I was mentored. From that point, because I, I would tell you, you hear me talk about him all the time, but we we had an adversarial relationship at first, <laughs> a very adversarial relationship. I used to think that he did not like me whatsoever. And it actually took me having a conversation with his first sergeant and his first sergeant said, well, look around and see who he don't talk to, who he don't say stuff to. He was he was mentoring me and I didn't even know it. I didn't even realize right. it. He was preparing right. me. Uh, to, to, he was preparing me to feel the bench, and I didn't even know it. But when I, when it was put in a different perspective, and somebody made me understand it, then guess what? I, I appreciate everything that came from. Now, the one thing that I had a conversation with him about was, hey, you know, sometimes when you selecting people and you mentor them, it don't hurt to let them know that either, because <laughs> you can run somebody off. And uh, from that point on, I mean, I, all our conversations have always been candid and and, and I appreciate all the things that he had done to me as well as I, I, I have been able to give back to him because it was not just a take a relationship with him. He, he he ain't giving it to you if you ain't giving back. I can tell you that right now. That's the one thing I did learn from him. If I ain't learned nothing else and I had to make sure that I was giving back because he definitely pulled a lot into me.
Absolutely. And, and, you know, um, you know, that, that was a, a, a defining moment um, where you really discovered that, that leadership um, is what you do is not a position, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And and so, and so particularly for our, you know, our military community, it's, it is, there, there are some, um, some defining moments and some hard lessons learned uh, in in the university of hard knocks, unlike uh, our, our civilian counterparts. And so, um, you know, m- much of we learn um, by our level of of, of engagement uh, each each and every day. But you know, leadership it's it's, it's certainly um, it's it's not the position, but it but it's certainly. Uh, what you do in your level of, of engagement each and every day. Mm-hmm. So, so my next question I would ask you is, is sort of what, what, what have been in the last five years, would you say, um, you know, the number one mindset change, if you will, that, that has changed your life in the last five years? Embracing social media hmm. <laughs> and not looking at it as a, a bad thing. But a good thing, uh, even though it's a lot of negativity and, and stuff that go on with it. Uh, but again, you get out of it what you put into it. And mm-hmm. uh, what I saw, especially within the last five years, as I was transitioning out of the military, that was the that was what was going on. I mean, we started, and even as you see now, uh, embracing social media and technology. But you, look, we having all these Zoom meetings, and I, I was I used to be that guy that I, I hated emails. I'm just going to be honest. I disliked emails. I didn't like texting. I didn't like any of that stuff because I grew up in an era where, you know, we had a little green book that we got from the supply room and everything that I needed to know was right there. But when I started embracing technology, utilizing some of these apps and, uh, uh, and, and things like that, I found that I had more time on my hands to plan and, and do stuff better. I was more efficient uh, by embracing social media. I can get the word out a whole lot more. Than I could just, you know, by talking to one or two people. And I, and, I, and I think that some of my peers, some of my partners that are still out there, some of them are lacking because of that. They, they weren't willing to change and they, they, they haven't been willing to embrace it. And, uh, and they look at it as a bad thing, but I actually look at, uh, look at it as a good thing. And so that, if that was the one thing that changed me in the last five years is embracing social media and technology because we didn't have it when we first came in. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, you have you have a lot of individuals that um um that that will that will voice the fact that um they they certainly don't they don't even like to check email. Mm-hmm. Um they don't they don't like to communicate, they don't even they don't like to use any of the the the, the platforms. So so from a global perspective, just if you would think about it, even now, um you know, geographically being dispersed and, and we're, we're able to, um, you know, engage in this show remotely yep. uh, by using uh, digital platforms that now is available to us. Um, and, and to be able to, to distribute that um, in a way where it, it could touch, uh, you know, thousands. And so if you put that into context, um, that ought to give you more motivation, even more to really figure out ways as leaders, figure out ways to uh, maximize um, 
digital platforms and services to be more impactful and do the things that they do uh, each and every day. So my final question would be, what advice would you give to a smart driven person um, that's about to enter to his first leadership position? And, you know, uh, what advice would you give him and what advice would you tell them to ignore? Oh, so, you know, I'm always one of those guys that like to end on a good note. So let me start with the, the stuff, uh, <laughs> what to ignore. First of all, ignore those voices in your head that tell you that you're not, you're not capable of doing this. A lot of times the biggest struggle that many of us have is the one that's inside of us. Uh, we, we, we tell ourselves that we can't do this and we tell ourselves that we can't do that. It's amazing if you turn that can't to a can, what you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that would be the first thing that I would tell them to do. I would also tell them not try, don't try to be like somebody else. Be you. Don't don't try to be something that you're not. It's it's hard. It's already hard enough being yourself. It's even harder trying to be some something that you're not or trying to be somebody uh, else. So be you. If you're not a hollower, or, or, or don't be a hollower. If you if, if you if you uh, I mean as a leader, you you can still be a a, a person that is a, a introvert, but still have some extrovert qualities because you have to you got to talk to your people whatever but at the end of the day if you're not one of those people that's out front and all this don't try to do it because you're going to be exposed uh eventually uh mm-hmm. what i would tell a first-time per- person in a leadership position is be a listener uh be humble uh do not forget where you came from don't get caught up in the title because the same title you had today can be gone tomorrow uh, remember to be a servant leader because a lot of times people think that when they get into a leadership position, now it's time people starting to work for them. No, matter of fact, that's where the work really comes for you. Uh, because at the, at the end of the day, as a leader, you are developing other leaders, you developing future leaders. So, which means it requires some work on your part. And so if you go into it with that, you remain humble. Uh, don't allow pride to get in the way. When it's something that you don't know, you ask questions and be a good listener, everything else will fall into place. Because uh, as you know, uh, you get better with leadership as, as or, or as you said, don't like to really use the word leadership, but you get better as you experience more things and and, mm-hmm. and, and be exposed to more things. And so, uh, and, and I just tell them to enjoy the ride. Take care of your people and your people will take care of you. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I, I always say is that uh, as you enter into a, le- a particular leadership position is that now is your 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 the real opportunity is, is for you to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we make the mistake of, of thinking that we have arrived. I'm a leader, right? <laughs> and, and it's not it's it's not now. You're still your opportunity to continue to grow and to evolve. I know as a leader, no matter what what level you find yourself on, because the next level. Is going to require a much different you, mm-hmm. right? and you have to be prepared for that. So, before we go, how can people connect with you? Uh, some of the things you're doing, either online or through social media. All right, so, hey Vince, look, you know, I'm I'm on Facebook. Uh, I go live every day, uh, Monday through Friday. 
uh, on Facebook. People can either, you know, send me a friend request on Facebook. I also uh, have started touching on my podcast. I actually going to go full force on my podcast uh, at the first of the year, but I've already put some stuff out there. So I'm on all uh, uh, podcast platforms to include Spotify, Apple Music, uh, my the name of my podcast is Don't Talk About It, Be About It. That has been my mantra uh, the majority of my career. So all you got to do is type in uh, Don't Talk About It, Be About It, or look for Garrett Griffin on any one of your podcast uh, platforms, and you can find me. Absolutely. That's wonderful. So, hey, Garrett, thanks once again for joining us today. It has certainly been a pleasure, and we look forward to seeing and hearing uh, more from you. So please come back and check on us soon. Most definitely. Thanks everyone for staying with us today. We certainly hope that you enjoyed today's episode. So make sure you join our Facebook group out front with Vince Noble. And don't forget to comment, rate, share, and subscribe to Apple podcasts or wherever you download or listen to your podcast until next time. Remember you still get to write your own life story.